Uh, today is Palm Sunday, and it's, a, it's, such a, it's such a weird day for me because Palm Sunday, we've got the, the palm branches, we've got the music, we're making merry. <laughs> it's a funny expression. Uh, but we are making merry. It's, it, it actually is a day of opportunity lost. Um, and because the reality about Palm Sunday. So I don't really know how to greet you on Palm Sunday. I want to say happy, happy Palm Sunday, but it's not a happy Palm Sunday. It's a, well, you blew it Palm Sunday, or we blew it Palm Sunday. And I actually am going to do something risky here today, but I'm going to invite you to stew yourself in opportunities lost. And, and the reason I'm going to invite you, so I'm going to do everything I can to restrain myself from the gospel of opportunity gained, which will be next week. But I want you to stew a little bit in the opportunity lost. Uh, and so if you walk out of here a little bit um, heavy, come next week. Okay, because all the burden that I'm about to put on us is all going to be lifted. Now, that's as much as I can say with, you know, before we kill the opportunity uh, to stew in the opportunity lost. But uh, when I think of Palm Sunday, um, it's not just Palm Sunday, but it's also Good Friday, that, which is also a weird name. It's only good in retrospect, right? It's not good as you go through the day. Uh, it's actually an opportunity lost uh, as you go through the day historically. Um, and so you have these, these moments um, in history where we have lost opportunities. And, and I think really the question that kind of surfaces through some of these things, and, and theologians debate this, believe it or not, what could have been? When Jesus showed up on that donkey, right? We read the passage earlier in our service, so I'm not going to reread that passage. But when he shows up on that colt, and all, the, uh, all of Jerusalem is in a, in a positive uproar. They're, they're saying, Hosanna. <laughs> they're all say, they're exclaiming this, and they're, they're bowing down, they're praising and worshiping him. And he gets to the temple, and there's nothing. There's that, that, that's it, right? In, in the temple, it's business as usual. The business of taking advantage of, of souls because they are, they are using uh, the whole temple situation to benefit themselves materially and with power. Uh, and so you, you see the power of the institution, I would say even, uh, the corrupt institution taking advantage of people and missing the fact that the visitation of God has come. This was their time, and they completely missed it. So you have an opportunity lost. And unfortunately, this is not the first time in mankind's history or even Israel's history where you see opportunities lost. In fact, we had a whole series in the book of Judges, and the subtitle of that series was, What Could Have Been? Because the book of Judges is this, this cyclical book that takes you through generation after generation uh, on this same pattern of a, a group of uh, a faith community who abandons uh, their faith in a God who's able to raise the dead back to life. They abandon their 
commission of going into the chaos to bring order and purpose being made in the image of God. They abandon bringing life everywhere. They abandon bringing peace through that life uh, to those around them. And so there's this, this they, they, they've just push aside their commission. And when, they, when you do that, what happens is all of a sudden you, you have elevated your way, your will above God's will, because God's will is that we go in, that we embrace the commission and go in with him and have a confidence and a trust that he will provide and protect. On the other hand, they are saying, no, 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 we are elevating our will. We will provide and protect ourselves. And so Judges is this cyclical story of that over and over. And when you, when you announce your will over God's will, it, it's just true that you're setting yourself up for disaster, which is the story of Judges. Disaster overtakes and as they begin to suffer, they're really left, even as they, they emphasize their will, eventually it gets so bad. <laughs> eventually it gets so bad that they cry out to God. Even, they'll even try God. They'll get to that point where they say, Lord, save us, like Peter did. right? And, and then God comes in, he responds to their cries of distress, and he comes in and he sends a deliverer. The judges, these are the judges. And even those judges aren't exactly, you know, guilt-free. But a lot of those stories actually have something from the law in the story. So that had they followed the law, right, the, the law initially, we're talking, when I say the law, the Torah, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, that was intended by God to be a guide that would lead people to life. And there are these little cues in there that other stories, we've been looking at some in Genesis, believe it or not, that will get extrapolated into the law. And then Judges is almost revisiting and giving us an illustration of what could have been. This was in the law. The, the solution uh, that would have led to life was right there if you would have simply trusted it. And, and so now you have this whole cyclical effect. He delivers Things get good for a little while, and then they say, no, our will. I will provide and protect. I don't want the commission you want for me. I will do my mission. I will be a man made in my image. And they go back, and you just see this over and over. Well, that's a whole history of what could have been. And I remember reading that when I was a kid. I would read one chapter a day in, in, you know, in the Bible. Probably, I don't know, fifth, sixth grade, I started doing that. And I remember reading Judges, and I got to, like, chapter 20, and I'm like, these, they're idiots. Israel is a bunch of idiots. And you just go, it's the same story, right? So this cycle, and you're going, why would you just not trust God all the time? Why would you ever want a will apart from his when he wants you to bring order and experience life? And then it struck almost immediately having had that thought. It was, that's you. That's what you do in your life. You, Israel is simply a mirror into our souls and our faith journey. And, and then when you start reading the New Testament, it's Paul and others make this exact observation that the, the faith journey of Israel 
is partly there to tell us their story, but it's also to remind us of what we shouldn't do, mostly, and on a rare occasion, what we should do when they succeed. And so that whole dynamic of Israel's journey is right there in opportunity lost. And so when I begin to think about opportunity lost on Palm Sunday, Good Friday, there is this kind of aspect of going, oh, those idiots. Why wouldn't they have just recognized that he was the Messiah, that he was the king, that he, right, and embraced the way of peace? And then I examine my own life and I go, you idiot. Why don't you recognize he's the Messiah, the king, and adopt this way of peace that he has? No, I keep elevating my will over his. So there's this journey that, that we're going on, and, and we see today an opportunity lost historically, but I want you to be able to begin thinking about your life and opportunities lost. Now, when I say that, I want to be very clear the opportunities lost that I'm talking about are not, oh, I missed out on buying Apple stock when it was $2 a share. That's not the opportunity lost I'm talking about today, okay? I don't want you to be thinking about business. That's not it. I want you to be thinking about opportunities lost when you have turned down the commissioning that God has for your life to bring order and purpose into the chaos. And, and right now you might think, well, that's, uh, how, how would we do that? Well, we can, we, can get, we can hone in on that a little bit. Let's think about how that uh, extrapolates or goes through Scripture uh, when we think about just honoring your mother and father. Right? There's one way that this promise that was made to Abraham gets, gets uh, fleshed out in Scripture. This idea of, of going... Uh, we, I'm going to, through you, you're going to bring a blessing to all the families of the earth. Uh, you're going to be able to bring order and purpose in life. It's not just this random, no, it's very specifically that when you follow the Jesus way, you have an opportunity to be a blessing to other people. Uh, and so one, just a very simple one, is to think about honoring your mother and father. And have you had opportunities lost to honor your mother and father. I, I want you to like stew in that for a little bit, right? I, there may be some, some pain uh, as you reflect on missed opportunities with your mother and your father. I want you to think about that relationship. Now, th they also, as parents, we all know if you're a parent, we've probably had missed opportunities with our own children. Right, you think uh, uh, what we've been hearing so so much recently, as Rebecca's you know kind of going through the process of is she going to go back next year for another term? What we have heard from so many parents is, uh, I you can never buy back the time with your child. You can never buy it back. It's gone forever. It was a missed opportunity because, of, and this is for men and women alike. Now, some of us, we have control over that, and some of us, we don't have control over that because there's a provision protection. But the reality is, are we trusting God to provide and protect us? And if so, then are we missing opportunities to be able to spend time with our kids? Calvin literally said, I'd like to have my mom back. 
So there's this aspect of going, well, wait a minute, as we, as we kind of go into the cast that we're called, how do we do that in a way that has this, te- you know, there's tension with that, right? Because there is this calling that we have. It's not, it, there's, there's just tension. But when we think about this opportunity lost, well, I think we need to stew in that simply just in our relationships with one another. Uh, when you had uh, relationships with people, uh, your family, your neighbors, your friends, your coworkers, that, that, all those relationships, have there been missed opportunities? Neighbors, have you had a missed opportunity to be able, as Jesus modeled for us, to wash their feet? Now, I don't mean literally wash their feet, right? It'd be a weird, kind of a weird thing. But you understand what I mean, to love them as much as you love yourself. Have you had missed opportunities? It, it, with your coworkers, are there moments where you have had op- just opportunities gone? It's gone forever because you missed the chance to trust that there's a God who's able to provide and protect. I remember I, when I was in Dallas, I was a bellman slash concierge. And man, being a bellman, it is all about hustle, right? And, and the way the system worked was you go out on, your, on, your, on, the, on the thing that comes in, the request that comes in, and you have a little uh, chart right there. And, and you, you, everybody signs their name, and it first up goes on the thing. And if you hustle, you can get back and put your name on that list the next time. But there's also ways of sensing guests who are coming up and going, I don't think that one's going to pay. Okay? We had a uh, hotel. <laughs> we were like the host, one of the host destinations for Mary Kay. It's a lot of pink. Okay? It's a lot of $1 tips. It's not, that's not, you know. You see those ladies walking up, a crowd of six with 18 million bags, and you're like, you're doing the math in your head. It's not worth it. It's not worth it. I'm just going to stroll on over here because if you weren't at the desk, the request would go to the next on the list. And so you could actually gauge, you know, what's going on, and you just be like, I am out, right? Look, that's opportunity lost to do right. And there were so many opportunities. I was in seminary at the time. And I saw, I remember a, a pastor talking about um, being on a plane with a guy who uh, ordered a drink, right? Five bucks probably back at the time. Uh, ordered a drink and, and the stewardess said, oh, I'll, you didn't have change, right? She said, oh, don't worry about it. I'll, I'll come back with change later. He had his, you know, 20 buck, $20 bill out waiting. She never came. You know what he did? He just pocketed the 20, right? Didn't bother to get her attention and say, oh, by the way, I've got the drink and you, have you made change yet? No, he turned down the opportunity. It was an opportunity to trust the Jesus way. There were so many of those as a bellman to be able to turn down the opportunity to trust God. In your relationships with people, 
Are you, are you believing that there is a God who's able to raise the dead back to life? That's not a mental assent. I'm not asking you to recite the Apostles' Creed when I ask you that. What I'm asking you by that is, do you believe it is able to raise you back to life and the corruption that governs your life in your relationships with others? Do you believe that? And we have opportunities every single day to confess that we believe that or that we don't believe that. And then we have a whole life littered with lost opportunities, just like Israel has a whole history of lost opportunities where you could ask the question, what could have been? When the Messiah showed up, did you embrace him as king? Did you embrace him as deliverer, or did you miss the visitation of the Lord? We're going through Genesis, and, and this is not just corporate, right? This is not just an accusation on the nation of Israel, because the nation of Israel is made up of individuals. So you can just walk through whoever your favorite Bible character is and go examine their lives and begin to ask the question, did they miss opportunities? We've been looking at Abraham. We don't even have to move off Abraham to recognize that he missed opportunities. There was this great confession that he has that he believes in a God who's able to raise the dead back to life. And he lives it out in a, in a sense by understanding that God was able to raise his wife's womb back to life in order to bring life. I mean, there's an incredible act of faith that's going on there. But there are these moments, these turndown moments, where if it was really impacting him on a regular basis, would he have ever said about his wife, she's my sister? Does he really believe the promise that the Lord would able, was able to provide and protect him in the chaos of the land? And there was a missed opportunity. And when, those, when we have those missed opportunities, it creates tension in our relationships with one another. Think about the missed opportunities that either you have with your parents or you have with your children or your brothers and sisters, right? I mean, we don't have to move out of the family, folks, is the reality. We probably could all sit here for the rest of the day and tell stories about relational tension with family members because we missed opportunities to really profess in our lives, there's a God who's able to raise the dead back to life. And because I believe that, I, I know he will go with me into the chaos and provide and protect. I know that I do not have to elevate my will above his will. So I want you on this Palm Sunday to stew in the opportunity lost. Because as you stew in the opportunity lost... I think next Sunday has an opportunity to be a powerful, transformative event in your life. That's what the resurrection does. It brings great hope that we, all this junk that we've experienced, can be an opportunity gained. So, 
as we sit and we go today and we think about this opportunity lost, well, we see it because it's Palm Sunday. We see it on Good Friday. We see it as we look back at the lives of individual men and women of faith. We see it in the corporate or national understanding of Israel. And and what does it come down to? Well, it comes down to the reality is they didn't really believe the promise. And my question for us is, are there these moments in life where it really looks like we didn't believe the promise? That we avoided the commission. I'm going to say it over and over and over again. You get tired. You probably leave our church and be like, he just repeated himself too much. I couldn't handle it anymore. But I'm going to say it over and over. God has called you. He has commissioned you. To be like him, the Imago Dei, he has created you in his image and commissioned you to go into the chaos and bring order and purpose and to do so in faith communities. He didn't say to go alone. He said to go in in faith communities. And he said, I will be with you. As you go, I will be with you. And the question comes back to, Are you going to avoid that commission, that calling on your life, or are you going to embrace it? Because there's a lot of chaos out there that needs you. There is no age expiration date on that commission. There's no no age that you get to and suddenly say, well, I'm going to retire from my commission now. I hope I served well. No, there is no age expiration date on it. And fortunately, there is no amount of turned-down opportunities or opportunities lost in the past that somehow negates the commission today. That'd be a good place for an amen. amen. Let me say it one more time. There is no amount of missed opportunities in your past that somehow voids the commission today. Amen. Believe the promise. Embrace your commission. And as Luke has said, that we went, not Luke, Luke, our Luke, but in the gospel of Luke, when we talked about the gospel of Luke, and Jesus would kept, kept coming back and saying, don't miss the point. Don't miss the spiritual understanding of what is going on here. That's what has happened. They completely missed the spiritual. So you think about the disciples. Their expectations were for the kingdom to come back. And what they thought was, ah, Jesus is going to take out Rome. And we're going to be part of the crew that comes in and, and administrates the new kingdom. Because they missed the spiritual point of it. Right? So as we understand this commissioning... But I want, I, I want you to understand the promise that was made to Abraham, right? And as it gets fleshed out, don't, it, all through Scripture, don't miss the spiritual point. Don't be addicted to the will of man. Here, here's what I'm going to do. Uh, do I have those Scriptures there? They're still in there? Beautiful. Here are two people who didn't miss the point. I'm going to go to this one here. Here are two people who didn't miss it. This is the beginning of Luke. I want you to see this because it's so important to understanding why we're in Genesis and spending so much time on this promise to Abraham. What is, what is the application? 
here's the application. Mary sees it, okay, as, as she is uh, getting this call, right, that's fulfilling much of this promise of, of, of bearing Jesus. This is what she says. And Mary said, my soul exalts the Lord, and my spirit has begun to rejoice in God my Savior, because he has looked upon the humble state of his servant. For from now on, all generations will call me blessed, because he who is mighty has done great things for me, and holy is his name. From generation to generation, he is merciful to those who fear him. He has demonstrated power with his arm. He has scattered those whose pride wells up from the sheer arrogance of their hearts. He has brought down the mighty from their thrones and has lifted up those of lowly position. He has filled the hungry with good things, and he has sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel, remembering his mercy, as he promised to our ancestors, to Abraham and to his descendants forever. You see, she knew. She knew that this promise that was made to Abraham was in the process of being fulfilled to her, and she understood that it wasn't just this physical thing. She understood that there was a spiritual dynamic at play. And because of that, because, because she embraced her commission, because she knew that there was a spiritual thing and she was not addicted to her will, she was able to have and be a part of the greatest opportunity gained in all of history. She was not alone. Zacharias says this later in the chapter. Then his father, Zechariah, this is John the Baptist's father, was filled with the Holy Spirit and prophesied, Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, because he has come to help and has redeemed his people. For he has raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David. As he spoke through the mouth of his holy prophets from long ago, that we should be saved from our enemies and from the hand of all who hate us, he has done this to show mercy to our ancestors and to remember his holy covenant. The oath that he swore to our ancestor Abraham. This oath grants that we, being rescued from the hand of our enemies, may serve him without fear in holiness and righteousness before him as long as we live. And you, child, will be called the prophet of the Most High, for you will go before the Lord to prepare his ways to give his people knowledge of salvation through the forgiveness of their sins. Because of, of our God's tender mercy, the dawn will break from on high to give light to those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death to guide our feet into the way of peace. Folks, that's the gospel. Peace is the goal. And what did Jesus say in, in, this, in this chapter in Luke 19? He said, you missed your chance for peace, if, if you had only known on this day, even you, the things that make for peace. You see, we need to understand the spiritual dynamic. It's not just this physical dynamic of peace. It's a spiritual dynamic where we actually can achieve peace because of the gospel. Are we going to embrace the opportunity gained through the resurrection? Or are we going to continue to have missed opportunities? that Ukraine is a missed opportunity, right? Any place like Ukraine, which is happening 
way more than we would care to know. Think of your inner cities. Think of your suburbs. Think of There's missed opportunities everywhere because we have not embraced our calling to be people of peace. So I want you to stew. This is very risky what I'm doing here. But I want you to stew in your missed opportunities for a week. Because when you stew in those missed opportunities enough, what you will see is the miracle of the resurrection. Not just a historical event, but the miracle of the resurrection in your life. Father, now I got. I got too many missed opportunities in my life to recount in one day. I would like to confess that sin that really stems from a lack of belief in your promise. Father, I would also like to confess the sins of our church and the church because we have missed opportunity after opportunity to be agents of peace, disciples of peace. Father, I I feel Palm Sunday and and the emptiness. I feel the emptiness of Good Friday. But Sunday's coming. And we praise you that Sunday is coming. So Father, until Sunday, will you bring us comfort that there is hope in your son's name. Amen.